You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to the first episode of the Marino Show. I am your host, Anthony Marino. Happy to be here with you today. And yes, the first episode of a new show here for Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, I'm your host, Anthony Marino, and you might remember me from breaking Buffalo Rumblings uh, in years past and hosting that show here on our Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. But as it took some time, looked at a, a little bit of a fresh perspective, what we could do different with the show, figured it was time to to take that break from breaking Buffalo Rumblings and to introduce something new. You know, when we first came out with that show, was having conversations with Matt Warren and it was like, hey, we can do breaking news when there's a signing, a coaching change, all of these pieces. But I think as the uh, the podcast landscape changed around the Buffalo Bills, really since the pandemic, with so many different podcasts out there, it was just like, listen, I, I don't need to have the, uh, the same show that about 100 other people do every time something happens. So Really took some time off during the, the season, let the crew here at Buffalo Rumblings continue to do their thing, and then a, a big thanks to, to Jay Spence for, for having me back, and again, to introduce a new show, uh, and really just calling it the Marino Show, And because uh, again, I'm your host, Anthony Marino. It's funny, you know, you start thinking of like, okay, what what's something creative you can come up with, something catchy, and you, you go through all these different podcast name ideas that are football related or buffalo related or this and that it's like listen at the end of the day i'm just gonna call it what it is and it's just uh it's just me talking football with you probably tie in some uh some different topics that will be popular throughout i mean the football focus is primarily of course going to be on the buffalo bills but uh, aside from that too and i'll probably wrap each show with a segment on you know, maybe what I'm watching or what I'm reading or something along those lines is, you know, we get to the off season, I find myself, uh, yeah, I'll catch enough basketball on TV and other things, but maybe it gives me a chance to catch up on uh, on a different series or two that maybe I didn't get to watch during the football season because I was so focused on the Buffalo Bills and really kind of consuming as much content as I could there. Now, for those of you that follow me on Twitter, uh, the handle, it's at AnthMarino. Um, you probably know, like, just because I wasn't doing my own show, I was busy during the season uh, appearing with Pat Moran on Talking Buffalo each and every Thursday. And I just did want to give a, a shout out to Pat to kind of give me that opportunity to come on with him each week. I'll do some different spots with him throughout the off season as well, looking to keep that Thursday routine going where we can. Because uh, I just always enjoy the conversation with him. And, uh, you know, again, for those of you listening, I think sometimes we go through these shows, you can find yourself in a little bit of a creative rut. Or like I said before, you know, what am I going to talk about that's different than than every other podcast that is out there? Uh, and Pat really gave me that opportunity to kind of team up with him on a weekly basis 
And it was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, again, we'd talk about football. We'd go through some different top five lists. We'd talk about uh, his finish the sentence program uh, segment that he would do towards the end of each show. And it was just a lot of fun. And I really do appreciate that with him. And if you did catch that uh, on, you know, the podcast format or on YouTube, I appreciate everybody that gave that a listen to because that was a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, with this, so again, thank you to Pat. Thank you to Jay Spence. And uh, thank you to each of you for kind of tuning in for this segment. We will come to you each and every week throughout the off season. And honestly, I hope it's something that you enjoy. Hopefully we can talk about some things maybe that, you know, others have touched base on, but maybe some pieces that stand out and look, uh, you know, a little bit different than what some others are speaking about too. You know, it is interesting as we get to, to this point of the year, right? I mean, I know you start to, okay, the Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet and I get that. But, you know, the offseason has started for the Bills and plenty of conversation, plenty of speculation, talk about the salary cap. Yes, conversation around Stefan Diggs already. We didn't even make it to Valentine's Day and that has picked itself up. But really along those lines where we are, right, you start to look at this team and say, okay, where are things going? Now, I do think it's funny because some will say, like, this is a critical offseason for Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. Like, Every offseason is critical for Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. I don't know that should be or feel any different than years past. I mean, maybe in the 2018 offseason, right? You had to go out and get a quarterback. Okay, if you don't have a franchise quarterback and you have draft assets and you're looking to do that, yes, that is a critical offseason for you and the decisions that you are going to make. So from that perspective, maybe if you were in that situation, yes. But for this, it's like, okay, every offseason is critical. No exception from this year to last year to the year before and what that looks like. And I think as we go through with it, you know, and again, to talk about the salary cap, Greg Thompson did a great job uh, on his show talking about it and just like, listen, with a few moves, I mean, it was like 20 minutes into the podcast and it was like, okay, the bills are under the salary cap. They've probably freed up, you know, over $10 million in space, and here's how they can sign their draft picks. Here's what they can do from a free agency standpoint. So you know there's opportunities where they're not just sitting there like, oh, we're going to have to cut all of these players to get under the cap. So when I talk about this, I don't want you to sit there and think to yourself like, Anthony, they've got so much that they need to do. I get that. I get that. And I, I suggest that you give Greg's show, uh, again, it's called the Greg Tom Set Show, you give that episode a listen and you'll get a good handle on where things are for the Bills. But really, there's two guys I'm looking at this offseason from the team, and I'm curious what they are going to, to do with them. One is a pending free agent, and one is going into the final year of his contract. Um, the pending free agent is A.J. Epinesa, and I've got to admit, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Epinesa. When we went through that kind of pre-draft process in 2020, the Bills needed a defensive end. That was certainly like the guy I had my eye on for the Buffalo Bills. I thought they were going to have to pick him in the first round. He moves to the second round. The Bills get him. And now here we are, you know, at the end of his rookie contract and probably some questions around what the Bills will do. And, you know, I put him at the top of my list as a pending free agent. And again, going back to Greg's show, the Bills will be able to free up enough that maybe they can get like one or two guys 
in that six to seven million dollar a year contract range, like similar to the contract that Connor McGovern signed last year. I think it was around three years, $20 million. You know, you can play with the signing bonuses and how you prorate different things and where the cap hits come each year. You know, and that, that that's kind of the market that the Bills would be looking at, right? They're not going to make a big splash for someone like a, a, a T. Higgins at wide receiver and be able to do someone with an exorbitant. They, they just don't have that flexibility this year. But Epinesa is a guy that, at least for me, that I would prioritize for a number of reasons. Um, you know, and one, you kind of look at where the Bills are at defensive end. You've got Gregory Rousseau. You've got Von Miller. And that's really a question mark for me, right? When you look at Von's contract, when you look at his health, yes, he will be back with the Bills next year. And that's not even whatever pending could be taking place with his off-the-field situations. But as you look at this, it's like, okay, Gregory Rousseau, dependable, absolutely, right? Leonard Floyd, free agent. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to afford him. He'll probably play into a comp pick formula for the Bills moving forward. But when we look at Epinesa, I think you see enough with the limited amount of time that he plays to say, listen, you can see that Rousseau and Epinesa combo of almost being your starting defensive ends for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future, let's just say. Now, and listen, with Von Miller coming back from the injury this year, a bit aggressive, certainly was not the player uh, that the Bills signed, not the player that he looked like during the 2022 season. There is a chance that he can bounce back, right, and and show kind of more of the skill set and production of that player that he has been in the past. But at his age and where things are, uh, that is certainly not something that I am going to bank on. Now, we take a look at things at SpotTrack.com. You know, and someone like Epinesa, they're projecting a contract in the neighborhood of $6 million per year. Again, going back to that similar type of contract to what you had for someone like Connor McGovern, I could see Epinesa being a good fit to stay in Buffalo for a number like that. Now, you can look at the production and say, yeah, you know, six and a half sacks each of the last two seasons, not too bad. You know, forced fumble here or there, a couple interceptions this year, certainly does a good job um, knocking down passes, right? That That is something where where Epinesa has, has excelled. The thing to me is I think he's kind of just scratching the surface on where he can be. You know, during the 2023 season, he played just over 36% of the snaps. Same thing in 2022. Uh, in 2021, he played about 31% of the snaps. I mean, here's a guy that's having a level of production, especially these last two years, right? His first two years coming out during COVID, transforming his body, um, did not look like someone that was going to be productive for the Bills. And these last two years, he certainly has. Again, averaging six and a half sacks per season, showing that production off the edge, showing that he can get his his arms and hands up in the, the passing lanes and knock down some passes. I look at someone like Epinesa and I think to myself, like, okay, here is a guy that if what spot track has is in the neighborhood. And I get it. This is this is tough, right? You can look at things and if Epinesa got ten million dollars a year from someone, I mean it only takes one team to pay that type of contract. But if the Bills look at him as an option to bring back and not so much where they're paying for, you know, and looking at it saying, ah, the production he's had in the past, but what he can be in the future. You look at his, you know, 
what he has done playing about a third of the snaps and you get him in the 50 to 60 percent range similar to someone like Gregory Rousseau that can be a pretty good tandem between the two and then a little bit of a crapshoot when it comes to Von Miller and what he can bring to the team to me that is a scenario that I look at and say and I get it we like Daquan Jones and what he brings at defensive tackle but at his age, with some of the injury history, I don't know if I would look to make this type of an investment in him. Gabriel Davis, as much as I like him, I, I think that time has probably passed. Um, Micah Hyde, I'm contemplating that he will end up retiring. So, you know, as you go through some of these different scenarios, based on the production related to his snap count, based on his age... AJ Epinesa is the guy that, at least for me, that that I'm kind of putting a little bit of a gold star next to. Um, I don't want to say that I'm going to prioritize it, right? But maybe I'm prioritizing it as it relates to the Bills' unrestricted free agents. And there's a little bit of a caveat with this, too. Um, If the Bills don't do anything at defensive end, they will certainly have to do something in the draft. And Epinesa is a little bit more of a sure thing right, to give you some of that stability versus using a high-end draft asset to address the edge position. Um, But if you were in a scenario where you say, like, listen, we are not going to have the assets to do something at wide receiver, and yes, you've got potential in Khalil Shakir if he can make another step forward. Obviously, Dalton Kincaid, that would be expected as a pass catcher out of the tight end position. But as Stefan Diggs gets older, again, if we look at the, the pending loss, of Gabriel Davis and, you know, not sure what you're going to get from a Deontay Hardy, who at least is still under contract right now. I feel like the Bills need to do something along these lines at defensive end to free up some of those options to address wide receiver during the first round. And I know that might sound a little crazy. You might be listening and saying that that that's not exactly how it works when you're a general manager. But I think, again, if you can plug that hole at defensive end, then you do something with like a you know a Kingsley Jonathan type and maybe even a Shaq Lawson to kind of fill out that rotation. Yeah, it's kind of running things back, but you see that step forward from AJ Epinesa. You've seen it from Greg Rousseau. You have those fellas still you know not yet hitting the prime of their career. Yeah, I would be pretty good with that. So the other guy that I'm looking at and he's going into the final year of his contract is Spencer Brown. And, you know, Spencer Brown is an interesting one. I think for many fans, when you look to last offseason, when you look to the draft, when you look to where the Bills were and things really stood for them at the right tackle position, there were still a lot of question marks around Spencer Brown. And I get it, right? Like it was, uh, you know, a guy that comes from a 1AA school, um, making the transition from a tight end to tackle, you know, during his time in college. Of course, COVID kind of had an impact there and what that looked like. And really just became so reliable on the line this season. Um, The line itself was reliable, right? All five of those starters starting every game for the team. Such a luxury for the Bills. But now you start to look at it and you think to yourself, like, okay, here's a guy that is entering the final year of his season. Struggled during his first two seasons and in his third year really shined. So it's a little bit of a question mark, right? Do you look at it and say, hey, The guy that we saw in 2023 is what we would expect moving forward. Or is this a little bit of a scenario where it's like, you know what, we're going to wait and see until the offseason. And it's a little bit of a gamble either way that you go, right? If he has a fantastic season next year, 
then he's probably pricing himself out of Buffalo and you've got to revisit that scenario and do something different at right tackle. Or if right now you look and say, again, similar to that Connor McGovern type of contract, you know, we can do something to extend him, you know, think maybe four years, $30 million, work on the guarantees, what that is, seven and a half million dollars per year, right? Maybe that's something that you can make work. Maybe it's something where you can lock him up long-term as your right tackle at a relatively bargain price, right, by comparison to what it might be when he hits free agency. And then you put yourself in a scenario and you think to you, okay, you know, here's a guy, you know, he's entering his year, his uh, age 26 season. You know, you can lock him up until he's about 30. Deion Dawkins, as well as he's playing, um, you know, continuing to get older and that's fine right no no signs of slippage at this point yet but all i'm saying is you you can you know solidify those tackles that you have for right now and if something starts to happen where if you know his dawkins gets older or starts to price himself out you at least have the other side of your line uh kind of locked up with spencer brown you know a young player in his uh scenario and of course with osiris torrance finishing his rookie season you know, kind of gives you an opportunity and a sense to, I guess you could just say a sense of optimism, right? When I look at these two guys, I, I, I think at it with Spencer Brown and, and again, they very well may be comfortable with having him play out the final year of his rookie deal, or it can be one of those scenarios where based on the dollars that you have, you look to take care of it now. I realize there's not a whole lot of luxuries that the bills will have when it comes to free agency. Um, I will look at this as probably being a year where, you know, maybe your draft picks have a good chance of making the roster. Um, maybe it's a scenario where, yeah, some undrafted free agents are going to stand out a little bit more. Or maybe you're filling out your 90-man roster with some of those veterans on a one-year minimum type of deal. You know, they're looking at a chance to play for a contender. Maybe it gives you, you know, I'm not saying like in the A.J. Klein mold, but you know, yeah, maybe it's like, I want to give this another ride. I want a chance of winning a Super Bowl. The Bills are a contender, uh, a chance to mentor and work with some of these younger guys and see what can take place there. Um, it is certainly going to be interesting. And again, those are the two guys I look at from an extension candidate that's a little bit under the radar in Spencer Brown and somebody that's, uh, you know, an unrestricted free agent in A.J. Epinesa. The more I talk about Epinesa, the more I do hope that the Bills look to bring him back next season. Because again, I, I think it, you, I just can't bank on the scenario with Von Miller right now. And I think the chance to have somebody, uh, again, still in their mid-20s that the arrow is pointing up, that that certainly works for the Bills. And then it's not you know where they have to spend a day one or day two asset on a defensive end. You know, maybe they're looking to add somebody that's, you know, more on day three that can be a little bit of a project that they can continue to stash and maybe develop on their roster. So we will wait and see. I mean, it is going to be interesting. There's so much that we can talk about. But as we get going with the inaugural show here, those are two things that stood out to me. I don't feel like people are talking about enough yet. And uh, and we'll see what happens. So uh, but let me know what you guys are thinking. Right. Is there somebody else that you would prioritize over AJ Epinesa that you look at? Or is there someone, you know, from the standpoint of talking about uh, a potential contract extension, you know, is it not Spencer Brown? Is there someone else that you have in mind? You can hit me up on Twitter at Anthem Marino at any time. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know who stands out. 
I'll share those different tweets on my timeline just to kind of get the conversation going and see what makes sense here. So I appreciate you all getting back to me on that and we can see what uh, what happens. So listen, I'm going to take a quick break right now. When I come back, like I said, I'm going to introduce a new segment just of what I'm watching. Kind of talk about that for the off season. I think we all probably have a little bit of extra time now that football is over for us. And uh, I'll share that with you. So I'm going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to The Marino Show on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Marino Show. Anthony Marino here with you. Wrapping things up this week, thank you for tuning in. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, going to kind of close with a segment of just, uh, you know, what I'm watching or what I'm reading, you know, different things. Sometimes you there's something that you enjoy. I'll never kind of go with one of these and and slam a, a, a book or a show or a movie or something that I've watched because I think this is always an opportunity where you can share something positive that you've enjoyed. Maybe it's something that's been on your list. Maybe it's something you saw a commercial or a promo for or you've just thinking about yourself and figured use this chance, like I said, as you head to the off season, uh, those Sundays are not filled with uh, NFL football games, neither is your Sunday night, your Monday night, your Thursday night. So while we all have a little bit of free time, kind of this opportunity to talk about what I'm watching. I just finished up season two of Reacher on Amazon Prime. And if it's something that you have not caught yet, um, maybe you're familiar with the movies, that starred Tom Cruise a few years back. The series of books on the title character, Jack Reacher, that has been around for uh, for over a decade now at, at this point. And just something that I really enjoyed. You, you've got this new series. It just finished up the second season on Amazon Prime. So if it's something you have not caught yet, uh, kind of two seasons with it. But as I go through, you know, you look at it. I have read some of the books. I would not say I'm a religious reader of them. I think I've read three up to this point, um, but that I have certainly enjoyed. But think about it along the same lines of like Jack Ryan meets Fast and the Furious. You've got some mystery, some intrigue, uh, plenty of action, some car chases. It's nothing that's really too hard to follow, um, and it's really enjoyable. I mean, I look at it, again, kind of being introduced to the character um, from the movie starring Tom Cruise, which I certainly enjoyed, right? I thought those were great, but then as I started to read the books, you realize why there was some maybe criticism as it related to that because it was like, listen, for this character, 
that is Jack Reacher, you know, Tom Cruise doesn't necessarily fit that bill, right? Tom Cruise, uh, you know, we know maybe five foot something, not the biggest guy in the world. Well, Jack Reacher is meant to kind of be this hulking, intriguing, um, intimidating type of figure. And as they put the show together, Alan Richson uh, playing the role of Jack Reacher and just doing a fantastic job, at least in my opinion, in fulfilling that role. And I thought the the supporting cast, especially in season two, um, certainly was fantastic. My favorite character, uh, Maria Sten, who played uh, Francis Neely, who is really kind of the, the right hand to Reacher in so many ways and had an appearance in season one as well. No spoilers there, right? Just as you kind of look at this and if you are a fan of the books. But if you do have Amazon Prime, uh, this is included for you. Um, not something necessarily to watch with the the kids. Plenty of plenty of violence and, and definitely for a more mature audience. But I think as you go through with this one, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just enjoyed it, right? Kind of mindless fun in some ways. Yeah, maybe suspended from uh, from reality every so often with the show. But like I said, it's kind of like a Jack Ryan meets the Fast and the Furious. Maybe not as ridiculous as some of the Fast and the Furious movies, which are without a doubt some of my favorites. No, uh, no, no denying that piece in any way, shape or form. But I think as you go through with it, um, this is something that I really enjoyed. And if you like those other franchises... You like something that adds uh, plenty of action and mystery and intrigue and kind of looking to wrap things up within a, a season. At least through these first two seasons, they've also been self-contained. You know, I think sometimes you can watch these shows on different streaming services. Um, you get to the end of the season and there's a gigantic cliffhanger and nothing at all has been resolved. That is not the case with the first two seasons of, uh, of Reacher on Amazon Prime. And I've enjoyed that piece too because, listen, yeah, I can get through you know, eight episodes, you can get to it and it kind of closes that story, right? And then as it's been renewed for even season three, it's something you can look forward to, but not one of those. And I think we've seen it enough times before you end with a cliffhanger. You hope that the show gets renewed. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Uh, and that's something that kind of, kind of leaves you hanging out there. But again, as I go through, that's something I just finished. I definitely enjoyed it. Maybe you've caught it too. You can hit me up on Twitter at Anthmarino, or maybe you take this recommendation. Maybe you check it out yourself. And if you enjoyed it, let me know. If you didn't enjoy it, you can let me know too. And maybe uh, maybe you've got a suggestion for me for something else that I should be watching and I can highlight on the show coming up. So, hey, as I said, uh, I always appreciate you guys tuning in. It is a lot of fun to be back with you uh, and talking about the Buffalo Bills, talking about whatever comes across. Uh, as I said earlier, you can catch me on Twitter at Anthemarino. Look forward to being back with you each and every week. Make sure when you get a chance, you subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network so you get all the great shows that we have here. Um, love tuning in each and every day, and I hope that you do too. So thanks again. I'm going to get out of here for now. Appreciate you all. And as always, go Bills. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.